Welcome back, everybody, to this edition of the J&J Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Schwartzy, joined, as always, by my good pal, Justin Carroll. Justin, how are you on this Friday evening? I'm hot once again. I'm a tiny bit tired. I might just go to sleep after we do this podcast, but I'm feeling A-OK. How about you? Doing all right. Definitely uh, a little tired. I was up early this morning, so or very early, 5 a.m. early, uh, playing <laughs> golf. So um, that's with why a, with a 40 minute drive at 5:20 a.m. wasn't even light out. The, the sun wasn't even up. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty crazy for you to wake up at 5 a.m. I thought you were gonna say impressive, and I would have said thank you, but I no, guess not that's impressive. Okay. Not impressive. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> but we did have over 14 hours later, 12, 15, 15 hours later, Ooh. was the May 29th edition of Friday Night Smackdown on the Fox Network. Uh, always a good show to tune in, and we'll get right into it here. Like I said, always a good show to tune in, but this opening was uh, bad. I wouldn't say bad, I would say poorly planned, but it set up the entire show. Like, me and you were sort of being combative with each other about this. I thought it was decent, you just completely hated it, but I want to hear your side to, well, your opinion on this, and then I'll justify what I have to say. Well, first off, the show starts out with like a crime scene looking kind of deal. There's a car up on the side, on the sidewalk. Elias is uh, on the ground in the middle of the street or at the intersection, not the intersection, at the top of the street, whatever you want to call it, or right in front of the car. Seems to have been hit by the car. Renee Young is like, what's going on? Or she's like, Elias has just been hit by a car or whatever they say. So they're putting Elias on the ambulance. The police are going through the car. Uh, they find a bottle of quote-unquote alcohol who knows what it actually was probably wasn't that a little bit of the bubbly and they find out that the that the car is in jeff hardy's name it's a rental car it's a toyota camry i think they said don't care don't care anyway so they're they're like oh my god look over here and jamie noble's like screaming like guys help them out and it's jeff hardy uh from behind the ambulance or from behind the front of the ambulance to the side on, like, a little lawn. They're picking him up. They're like, what happened? What happened? And one of the officers are like, he smells like alcohol. And I think they're like, they start to put it together. Obviously not real cops. They handcuff him. Uh, he's obviously distraught, uh, or what it seems from his terrible acting. I forgot to mention the uh, cameo from Braun Strowman made this 100 times worse. Just because he is the worst line reader and actor in the history of acting. I mean, <laughs> give me a break. He's terrible at acting. I mean, obviously it would beat me to a pulp, but I could definitely outact him. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> but they're cuffing Hardy. They're moving him out of where he was. They're moving out in front of the uh, ambulance. He sees Elias being wheeled into the ambulance. He yells, Elias! In a quote-unquote drunken manner i guess you could say and uh jamie noble's like jeff you have to cooperate you have to cooperate (laughs) and then they put him in the back of a cop car 
Jamie Noble says, we'll get you there, Jeff. We'll get you there. We'll see you there, Jeff. And it's just a complete train wreck. Uh, obviously, the scene was depicting Hardy as being drunk and drunk driving and hitting uh, an, a pedestrian in Elias. Uh, I mean, how bad a pace? I mean, obviously, Hardy would have to go along with it and agree to do this because it's his, you know, addiction story. And you said you did say how he is very open with it. But like, how poor taste is that? And how unrealistic is it? If you've ever seen any traffic stop with a drunken driver, you know that they take him out of the car, they put him on the, uh, you know, one of the lines in the road, and have him walk the line and say their alphabet from a certain letter to a certain letter backwards, you know, follow the point of the, the pen and with the eyeball and the flashlight, standing on one foot, standing on one leg. There was none of this. They said, you smell like alcohol. And they cuff him up, bring him in the cop car. I mean, with everything going on in the world right now, it's in poor taste. And just being so unrealistic, I thought it was, like, completely ridiculous. On top of the terrible acting from Braun Strowman and the unrealisticness of a crime scene. I think they said, like, ma'am, you have to watch out to Renee Young because it was a crime scene. Yet they're having a camera chase after them. I mean... This was just, like, so unrealistic, A. B, it's a wrestling show. There's no reason why we should be having drunk driving coming into the picture. It's never gone well. It relates to Jeff Hardy's story. And then, C, I mean, whoever came up with this is just completely blind to whatever's going on right now. I mean, just, like, don't don't try and fool us, okay? Like, that. don't. We all know we're... People know what the real world is all about. Don't try and, like, fake us off with fake cops and a stupid acting segment of, you know, somebody's drunk and someone got hit by a car. Like, this is serious stuff. Like, try and treat it in in the most serious manner you can. Try and fool the people. I guess uh, being kayfabe, quote-unquote, nowadays is gone. And keeping a real story is nearly impossible. But, like, come on, make it at least try. They did try. Yeah, not not hard enough, clearly. I will say this was definitely not the best segment, but it did set up for the entire night. We also had, I didn't know if you said this or not, I'm going to say it anyway. Jason Jordan had a little cameo, and I thought to myself, oh, man, what is he doing on TV? I just didn't expect him to see him there. And you did mention fake cops. And one of the fake cops was actually John Cone, who is a referee there. So I, I don't know if you saw him, but he was the one that had, I, like, the ace sleeve on. I thought that guy looked familiar. I'm like, I swear I've seen him on television before. Yeah. So um, this is definitely a real – it's a realistic scenario. I guess that they could have just assumed Jeff Hardy was drinking and driving and crashed into him. But it was – it wasn't treated as realistically as it could have been. Like, they said it's a crime scene. So, like, I, you figured the cops would be wearing gloves and whatnot to not contaminate any evidence. Of course, I'm just overthinking this right now. But um, this, I would definitely say, wasn't the best segment. But it did set up everything for later tonight. So, uh, we come back. Uh, we have a whole crowd of uh, superstars in the, the backstage area. 
Um, who was that guy, by the way? I have no idea who that was. Oh, uh, I actually have a funny story about this dude. Adam Pierce. I, I, I don't know who Adam Pierce is. He's, uh, he wrestled in, I believe it was Ring of Honor for a little bit. Uh, wrestled in the independent scene uh, quite a lot. But so, I'm going to tell you the story really quick. It was, I forget the name of the promotion, but it was Colt Cabana against Adam Pierce for the uh, NWA title, I believe. And so <laughs> I was there with my dad and my sister. And so Colt Cabana was on the outside and Adam Pierce was going to do a dive, but I didn't think to move. So I have literally taken, I have taken a dive from Adam Pierce. And semi Colcabana because they just fell right on top of me. There's a video of it out there somewhere, I know. But um, fun fact, Adam Pierce, who works for WWE now, dived on top of a kid. I mean, that's a, that's a memory you'll have forever, though. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, and I remember, I sat back down, and then the, like, the stupid, smelly dude next to me was like, Dude, you got dived on! High-fived! And I was like, oh, okay, and then I high-fived the dude. Like, you just, like... It's just part of the show, dude. Like, relax. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no, no. He was just enjoying I, the show. Anyway, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we come back uh, after commercial. There was no Are You Ready um, pro- opening promo, which was very sad because I get kind of fired up when I hear that song. No, it was, uh, it played. No, like, the whole, like, video package and stuff with, like, them with Roman Reigns and stuff. Yeah, that played at the beginning of the show. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. No, I don't think so, because I think they went right into the crime crime scene. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I felt like I did hear the, are you ready? But, um, they might have interrupted it? I'm not exactly sure, but, you know, who cares? Anyway, uh, after the com- after we come back from the commercial, uh, this guy Adam Pierce is directing the whole locker room, like figuring out what's going to happen and what's going to, you know, what's going on. So obviously he says Elias can't compete. Then he gets news that Jeff Hardy is in jail or yep. arrested. I think not in jail, arrested. That would be too much, doing too much. So the whole locker room, or like ten superstars, are going back and forth. AJ doesn't want to wrestle. He wants to get a, 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 a bye to the finals. Daniel Bryan says, oh, oh, I want to wrestle. Of course he does. Um, but I couldn't agree with it, more with AJ. I thought I was just being pretty selfish. I just wanted to see AJ and Bryan right away. But, uh, you know, Sheamus, you know, he, he jockeys for position to get a match with Bryan. Then Corbin, he chimes in. He wants to get in on a match. Dolph Ziggler wants to get in on a match, you know, and then AJ's having none of it. Brian says whatever. Then we end up with a battle royal, a 10-man battle royal to face Daniel Bryan and the main event of SmackDown tonight, which was, you know, I think it was like the whole roster, basically, minus the New Day and the Forgotten Sons that were, that are traveling for SmackDown, or, you know, at SmackDown right now. So... Between the Battle Royal, we go right there. Uh, Graham Metalik, uh, notably, is one of the first people out. Uh, Baron Corbin is out at one point. They try and team up with Dolph Ziggler. That doesn't work. Uh, Drew Gulak, I'm um, sorry. Drew Gulak is also one of the first people out. 
On top of that, we have, I think, the last three were Shorty G, Cesaro, or Shorty G, Nakamura, and Sheamus, or Uso, which were the last four. Cesaro distracts Shorty G. He's out. Nakamura was thrown out by Shorty G. We end up with Sheamus and Uso. I don't know which one it was. I think it's Jay because Jimmy's it, hurt. It's Jay, like, yep. Jay, Jimmy's out for, the re- for, I think, a year, close to a year, eight months. Pretty sure. So they're on the outside apron facing the commentator's table. Uh, Sheamus ends up running Uso into the ring post, knocks him down to the floor. Sheamus will face Daniel Bryan later on. So I guess uh, this made up for what was the slow start of what happened with them. So you did note that King Corbin was involved in this match, correct? Yes. I thought King Corbin was on Raw now, right? No, he. it was the brand-to-brand invitation, which that happens make four sense. times a year. You're going to tell me? I thought that they were, like, switching superstars. So, obviously, Charlotte goes to SmackDown. She still manages to be on Raw. But then King Corbin was supposedly switched to Raw, but is still on SmackDown. But AJ's permanently on SmackDown? That doesn't make sense at all. Like, they haven't explained the rules to this at all. I am so confused by what they've done with this. I just, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Well, let, let me clear it up for you here, son. Okay? Yeah, please. AJ was traded to SmackDown for future considerations. Yeah, okay. What about Charlotte and King Corbin then? If you listened on Raw, when Corbin was on Raw, Charlotte is an exception to the rule. That's stupid, though. Why? Because she's NXT Women's Champion? What gives her the right to be on Raw just because she's a SmackDown star with the NXT Championship? Please explain that. I'm just telling you what what they said. And Corbin was a guest of the Brand to Brand Invitation, which happens four times a year. It just doesn't make sense. Oh, excuse me. That was not proper English at all. It just doesn't make sense to me. It... I really wish that they did, like, they try to make some sense of this, but there just wasn't any. But were you, let me just get your take on this. Were you excited to see Shorty G back as much as I hate that name because it's so stupid? Were you excited to see him back? No. What? Really? Anybody with the name Shorty G. Okay, regardless of the name. And his whole deal now is being Shorty G. And how he's shorter than them all. And he doesn't deserve to be in the big leagues, they say. And he wears these stupid, you know, ring, this, this stupid color scheme ring attire with Shorty G. It's just so stupid, right? Like, what was wrong with Chad Gable, the guy who was a fantastic amateur wrestler and was fantastic in the ring with Jason Jordan? And now he's Shorty G. I mean, what? What Does that stop you him from being a good wrestler, though? What, what gets you excited to watch that guy? Just the stuff in the ring that he does is just phenomenal. I mean, I get that there was sort of a downgrade for him just because of the name and changing his ring attire or whatnot, but that doesn't stop his skill in the ring. 
Yeah, but the guy, the guy's gone. We haven't seen him in what three months, and now he's just like, "Hey, I'm back now." We're like, no, he's been dude. gone for a while. I thought, dude, like who cares? Like even Drew Gulak, like they moved him to the alumni page. I don't, I'm not sure if there was an official announcement, but like, oh hey, Drew Gulak's back. By the way, yeah, they re-signed him. Well, I, I, well, obviously we knew, but you know, to the to the kid out there watching. You know, he would never know. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I was excited to see Shorty G back. I should just call him I mean, Chad Gable. I mean, yeah, why? I don't know. Anyway, Shorty G, who cares? Uh, anyway, who does he? Don't care. Uh, after don't care. this, we had the uh, Moment of Bliss Tag Team Champion Summit for later on tonight. After that, we had a segment with Sonya. She called out Lacey Evans. Uh, Lacey Evans was lurking in the background. She pushed Sonia and said, Well, sweetheart, we'll see it out in the ring tonight. Uh, they go out into the ring after the commercial break. There wasn't a ton of action besides them tying their hair up, and we had the double count out. I mean, I was kind of let down with this match, there wasn't a ton going on. Yeah, the, um, nothing. Just oh kinda, did I forget to note this? They just kind of traded punches back and forth for the whole match, and then oh. they went to the outside, and it was double count out. Yeah, and then they fought a little more after the countout, and then Lacey got back into the ring, and she's like, come on, Shane. Oh, not Shayna, uh, Sonya. But, um, you know, of course, I love when Lacey Evans is on TV. She's just phenomenal. But I was also sort of let down with this match. But I, I get what they're doing if they're going to be building off, you know, with this possible feud that might be occurring. And... You know, I don't know really what else to say about this, but I would I would just say moral of the story, let down. Yeah, that's for sure. With the thing that <laughs> has so much potential, I guess. I don't know. It could have been better. I mean uh, anyway. Sonia Sonia's not that good to begin with. But well, she's definitely she's you you think uh Sonia's good? I don't think she's bad. She is a fake MMA fighter. That's all I gotta say. And then Okay, a part of MMA is wrestling, right? I forgot to mention this. Lacey yeah. Evans gets down on her hands and knees in the wrestling position. And Sonya gets on top of her, has the wrong leg up. You're supposed to put your back leg up behind like where the person's butt is. Put the knee down to the side. Hand on the stomach. Uh, hand cuffing on the elbow. Doesn't get in that position at all. Lacey Evans is completely out-wrestling Sonya. And... As she's holding on to Lacey, she's, like, not grabbing onto her hands. If anything in wrestling, you want to hold on to your grip. You don't want to just let go of it. And that's what she was doing. It. She just looked awful in this match, I thought. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest match. And obviously, double katana kind of null and void the whole match. So, either way, after this, we had the Forgotten Sun segment. And I think their tagline is growing on me. The uh, uh, repeat it to me. I don't know what it is. Our blood was on your hands, but now your wait. Hold on. Yeah, that's it. Our blood was on your hands, but now your blood is on ours. And then they do the chest thing, which is pretty cool. I think I, I'm starting to get behind. I mean, I didn't note that they were doing the uh, the blood thing. I remember them saying it last week, but I am. Get a little bit behind the uh, the chest pound, you know, like the sub homie type deal. 
But, you know, another little good um, blurb from Wesley Blake, I guess you can call it. But, you know, this team just keeps on improving and improving and improving with what they've been doing recently with these videos and what they've been doing in the ring just totally growing on me. Yep, so I kind of like the slow build. You know, they had those few matches at the beginning after WrestleMania. Now, obviously, them, you know, taking a seat for a little while, quote-unquote, getting yeah. from those uh, segments out. And uh, they have been very good to watch, and they've been, you know, very realistic, like I will say. Mm. Mm. How about that? Yeah. How about that? So... Our blood was on your hands, and now your blood is on ours. And then they do the chest pump. Anyway, after this, we had the Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross moment of bliss. Uh, the tag team, uh, what do they call it? The tag moment team, of bliss? The tag team summit. Yes, I already said that. The tag oh, team oh, summit oh, wow. with Kofi and Big E. They bring out the New Day. Nikki brings a gift. She made Scottish pancakes for the New Day because obviously pancakes is their deal. And the New Day brought coffee beans because they love coffee, I guess. Straight from Djibouti. <laughs> so th- that was kind of goofy. Uh, they go back and forth about who's next for their tag teams. Uh, the New Day asks... Nikki and Alexa, who's next? And they were interrupted by Bailey and Sasha. Bailey and Sasha make the claim that they put the tag team titles on the map for the women's division. Then, uh, like last week, Bailey volunteered Sasha to wrestle Alexa Bliss. Uh, she had high heels on. Uh, Bailey had to go in the back and get the shoes. After we come back for commercial, we had Bailey, sorry, Sasha versus Alexa Bliss. Personally, did not care for this match. I just noted that Sasha, I've said it once, I'll say it again. Girls wrestlers love hitting knees for some weird reason. Um, Sasha just ends up pinning Alexa Bliss. Didn't care for this at all. What do you think about it? I thought it was a very long match and it was very weird. Yeah, for like who? Okay, I forgot to mention this when you were talking about a moment of bliss, but. Why do the wrestlers have a say in, like, making the matches? Like, of course, Sasha, I mean, uh, Bailey just volunteers to have Sasha, you know, participate in a match against Alexa. Who, doesn't the general manager need the say in order to officiate the match? Why do the wrestlers have as much say as the general manager does, like, making matches? It just... It sort of kills the purpose of a general manager. I guess the closest thing to a general manager that they had that was actually there and on camera was Adam Pierce. But why is Bailey able to make a match? It just, I don't like wrestlers making matches for themselves. No, and I don't know, especially when, but I get obviously her volunteering Sasha because eventually they're going to break up again. So they're just kind of, you know, throwing fuel <laughs> in the fire. Uh, so for the fourth time, you, know, yeah. you split with each other. But like I said, very long match, very weird. Uh, Nikki Cross on commentary didn't help earplugs. Uh, anyway, Sasha does get the win off of the distraction from Bailey and Nikki on the outside uh, with a very weird roll-up attempt from the uh, from off the top rope. Did you did you catch the like the the finish of the match? 
Yeah, I didn't know exactly what to call it, but it, it was weird. I'd never seen that before. I want to call it creative, but at the same time, I want to call it very weird. But anyway, uh, we'll move on. Sasha gets the victory over Alexa Bliss. Why can't every girl be like more, be more like Alexa Bliss? That is so true, Jaworski. Shout out Bowling for Soup. Uh, I actually wrote how long is this match in the uh, notes. So anyway, uh, <laughs> then we had the, uh, what do you call it? The preview of Otis and Mandy picnic day, uh, day off, I guess. I don't know. Otis and Mandy's day off is what I'm going to call it, I guess. Then we had a Jeff Hardy update. Uh, But before then, we had the Cesaro versus Shorty G match, which I was so ecstatic for. Uh, Shorty (laughs) G upsets Cesaro with a roll-up. Cool. I thought it was a decent match. Um, I noted that Cesaro is just manhandling Shorty G and that he completely nailed an uppercut on him and i thought it sounded terrific shorty g just ends up rolling up cesaro using his momentum this was an all right match it did it's i said well oh my god i can't talk today as i can every other day but um this definitely served its purpose i believe i think it just puts shorty g back some well somewhat back on the map he never really was but I think he can sort of be in that, like, intercontinental title picture sometime soon. Yep, definitely there. He's probably going to be another piece of the puzzle. Very short match. So that was, I, I can, with a short attention span or shortest attention span for people I don't really care about, uh, this is perfect. Oh, so, we forgot to mention the reason for that match. So they go, uh, they were backstage earlier. Obviously, Cesaro eliminated Shorty G when Cesaro was already eliminated because the referees were too caught up with Nakamura. Cesaro, Nakamura, Shorty G, and a ref were all backstage after the Battle Royal. Shorty G is upset that, you know, he lost his chance unfairly. Cesaro said, hey, this is the big leagues. There's no reason to be upset in whatever, you know, Swiss or Italian or Whatever accent he's in, and Cesaro, or Shorty G, pushes Cesaro. Uh, challenge is extended or accepted by Shorty G, and that is what led to this match. Shorty G, with the roll-up, gets the win. Then we had the Mandy and Otis segment, and I just wrote WTF, and I'm going to let you take this over. Okay. There's a couple of things about this, okay? I just want to say really quick, I love this. You don't really understand why I do, but I'll get a little in-depth about it. So, it's just Otis being Otis, you know, that typical goofy self. And then it's Mandy, who's such a drastic character and so different from him. But, you know, uh, Otis is pouring champagne for each other, and then Otis is like, oh, a little more for me. And then Mandy just takes a sip of it. They, like, cheers, sip from Mandy, but then Otis just downs the entire thing. And then Mandy's like, oh, I think I'm going to take a nap. So she ends up putting on her shades. And then it falls into this, like, dream type thing where she's, like, dreaming about Otis. And then Otis, I don't know if you've ever seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High, 1982. But this was legit a copy from a pretty famous scene of Phoebe Cates getting out of the pool. And then she actually takes her top off and then kisses a dude. 
Well, I'm not going to say what he was doing at the time, but you can only assume. So Otis is like, Mandy, uh, I just wanted to tell you how cute I always thought you were. Something along the lines of that. <clears throat> Something along the lines of that. Gets out of the pool, rips off the shirt like Phoebe Cates rips off the top. Then they kiss. Otis was completely going in on her. <laughs> and I, I was just laughing the entire time. But then... Uh, it's not really a dream anymore. And then Otis cannonballs into the pool, gets Mandy wet. And then she goes down into the pool where he is. And then they just start kissing. And then he's like, oh, yeah. I was a fan of this, obviously, because it was a little 80s nod. But it was also involving Otis, who I love. So I personally like this. I don't know about you, but I'm sort of curious as to what you thought. Yeah, the I mean the only thing that I really took away was that like who was going like in like th- that was a real kiss like that was like a legit like that was a tongue, legit that was a tongue shoot. and tongue kiss <laughs> that was a shoot kiss kid <laughs> yeah it, like he got in there I was like oh man she's taking too I mean obviously you know this is just a storyline but he went in I mean hey. He, it's Otis. At least, <laughs> at least, at least somebody's getting it right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I can only imagine, like after, like when they like, and then like cut, like what the hell goes on after that? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I mean, Otis is probably just like you know, he's probably just dry humping everywhere. That's what he typically does. But um, yeah, I mean, I can only imagine what happened after that take. Anyway, so that was one thing. Then we get some great news. Uh, we already had known previously. I had the scoop from you, but it obviously had been rumored. Matt Riddle is coming to SmackDown, bro. Kurt Angle announced that he's gotten pretty close with someone and that he's going to announce a new member of SmackDown, and that was Matthew Riddell. Oh, man, I'm excited to see Matt Riddle on SmackDown. I don't know exactly what he's going to do. I'm only assuming he's going to be in the world title picture eventually in his career. Like, just look at that specimen. But I am completely excited to see Matt Riddle on SmackDown. My name's Matt Riddle, and much like my name, I'm a, I'm a hard guy to figure out. <laughs> How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? The video package, like, made him out to be, like, a complete goon, which he is. And but I hope it's just not, like, one of those, like, another NXT guy that they just, like, completely, like, put no, away like, and no. make him a joke. Like, I hope not. Like, I, I think he's smart me? enough to, like, say, like, bro, I'm not doing that. So, like, hopefully... I don't see him, like, going toe-to-toe with Braun Strowman for the Universal title and like, next week, obviously. But, like, I think he could have some good matches with AJ. He could have some good matches with Cesaro, Nakamura. But we'll have to wait and see, see what he does. Obviously, the whole Pete Dunne thing sailed its seas because Pete Dunne being stuck in the UK, he's not coming over anytime soon. That was a little unfortunate, but obviously... Uh, making the best out of it, being in the same uh, location for all three shows for the week. So Matt Riddle to SmackDown. Then we get into the main event, 
Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus. Uh, did you want to get into the match, or we can just go right to the finish? I say we get right to the finish because we both talked uh, previous to the recording that we were both just soaking in this match. We really enjoyed this. Yeah, Sheamus and Daniel Bryan, like, I was always big on them growing not growing up, but, like, in my, you know, teen years of watching WWE, or pre-teen, yeah, well, WrestleMania 28. pre and teen. 27 was 2011, I want to say. Yep. So that was, I would have been 10, but I didn't watch WrestleMania 27 live. Oof, I did. I wasn't I wasn't there yet. I wasn't like I don't think I was watching wrestling yet. I think I got oh, into me, it right oh. right right after that. Did you, did you go to the Royal Rumble in 2011 or no? No. Oh man, man, I went to that. That was pretty sweet. I'll never forget that. That was my first WWE event. Uh it's pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie. I, that was that was the first WWE DVD I owned though. Really? Oh. Fun fact. I um, what's it called? I went to the hotel where they were staying at, and I got to meet some superstars. So I got to meet, like, uh, Jack Swagger. I got to meet Dolph Ziggler. I got to meet Horn Swago, who was pretty awesome. He signed my uh, T-shirt. I have it somewhere in my wrestling collection. But um, who else did I meet that day? I met someone else. Uh, Alicia Fox. Uh, she was <laughs> pretty nice, but I met a ton of wrestlers that day. I think Wade Barrett, too. Yeah, Wade Barrett. There you go. But, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> story. First WWE event. Anyway, yeah. yeah I, so what? So anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, I was like 10 years old. And then 2012 was 28. That's when Daniel Bryan and Sheamus were on for the world title. I remember watching that live. I think I was 11, I want to say. So my preteen and teen years, they were pretty big. So we were just very invested in this match. But uh, out of nowhere, Jeff Hardy comes back from jail, from the police station, wherever it might have been, the local police enforcement facility, whatever they probably want to make up a stupid name for it. Uh, Sheamus is going for the broke kick. Bryan hits the knee. Daniel Bryan wins. He and AJ will face off for the Intercontinental title. Uh, my guess is that someone stole Jeff Hardy's car. And Jeff Hardy was involved in the accident, and that's why he was dazed. And there wasn't, he didn't have any alcohol in his system. That's my, that would be my guess. Uh, but Sheamus takes the loss after the battle royal. Daniel Bryan is your winner. So, uh, we will, we will have to wait for Bryan and AJ just a couple more weeks here. I just noted the big things, obviously. The really big thing was Jeff Hardy coming back from jail. First off, how did he come back from jail? Who gave him a ride and everything like that? But, um, yeah, we get AJ and Daniel Bryan in two weeks, which should be a phenomenal match. It should be the main event of SmackDown. If it's not, they are just crazy. But I am insanely excited to see yet another Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles match. Those are literally my top two favorite wrestlers of all time. And, well, Daniel Bryan being number one, of course. But... I am super ecstatic to see this match. Who do we think is winning that? I am too. I don't know. It, it could go either way. I, I don't uh, know. I see it, Styles winning. I could see Daniel Bryan. I could see AJ Styles. I think. Uh, I what really don't know. Otis cashes in. 
Yeah, right. It could be. <laughs> it's really 50-50. But uh, how, what did you think of my guest for Jeff Hardy? I mean, next week we'll figure out that he wasn't actually in the car driving and someone stole the rental car. I think that's what probably what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he probably got framed like someone took the like keys out of his bag or something like that and then like threw in a like bottle of alcohol in his car or something like that. But I thought it would have been Baron Corbin for some weird reason. Because when they first took out Elias, I'm like, oh my god, they're still trying to do this feud. But um, I thought it was weird that it was possibly Sheamus. I mean, you can only assume it is. But like, if Jeff Hardy got charged for all that stuff, what does that mean for Sheamus? Like, are they just going to completely forget that this even happened? Or will he face some consequences? I hope they do follow up on that, but I don't think they're going to. You got to remember the hacker is still in play too. The truth will be told. Oh cool. yeah, that's true. He wasn't even so, on SmackDown today. Maybe he'll expose it next week. Who knows? That's what I would have to guess. That's probably it. But SmackDown for May 29th, Friday on the Fox Network. One to ten, five being average. What did you think? Five point six. Wow, I was gonna go five point nine. I th- I feel like we're always point three within each other yeah we, i mean we always like aim for the same number like i always you always ask me my number and then you're like oh i was gonna say that but i'm gonna go a point down or over so i always feel like we're in the same ballpark it's so weird it is kind of weird i feel like point three is like the number for us but uh either way smackdown our mvp of the night what do you think oh uh mvp of the night I might have to say, hmm, I mean, there's no notable, I'm going to say Jay Uso. I think he did really good in singles competition today in the 10-man battle royal. He was second to last, well, he, I can, guess you can call it a runner-up, but not really. He was second to last in the battle royal match. I thought he did pretty good in that match. Uh, he definitely surprised me, though, considering he was in a tag team and now he might just be in singles action. I think he did really good for just a singles run. Well, singles match. Agree there. Um, who do I go with? MVP of the night. I feel like there wasn't really a standout. You know who it's not. Who? Ron Strowman for his terrible acting. I'll tell you that <laughs> one. He was in a uh, he was in a movie actually. I think it was with the same dude who well the same guys who did Step Brothers. And that it was an awful movie. Like like people walked out there in the movie. I forget the name of it. It's like Holmes and something. Oh man. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This is a tough one because it, it wasn't anybody who really stood out. Brian. Um. I'm going to have to go with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan or Sheamus. They put on a great match. Um, I'll get. I'll go with Daniel Bryan just because... No, I'll he go won. with Sheamus just because he, he had the two matches in one night. I've always been a fan of him. So I'm very excited to see this him and Jeff Hardy storyline. Probably, uh, probably heading into Backlash, I can only imagine. So we'll have some great build. And we'll, be, we'll probably have a notice qualification match or something like that. And something along the lines of that. But, uh, Seamus, my MVP of the night. So, gimmicks of the week. For the week, we'll do Superstar of the Week. Oh, 
Can I already guess who you're thinking of? Because I can only imagine who you're going to say. Do I have to ask you who you think I'm going to do it? Well, do I already know the answer? <laughs> I'm going to say, is it Britt Baker? Probably, yes. It is. You hornball, are you kidding me? I mean, come on. Switch it up! <laughs> Who's better than Britt Baker right now? I, I cannot, no, but listen, though. Listen, I can I pick Britt Baker. You, okay. I can pick, I can pick Britt, Britt Baker because she's not going to be in the picture for like three months. So I will go out on my high horse. Britt Baker, MVP of the week. I mean, uh, just a hilarious. I think you got goo goo wise for her. A hilarious, impactful segment on Dynamite. Probably the highlight of AEW Dynamite, besides MJF. That beats Mike Tyson and Jericho? I mean, yeah, because, like, what do I, I care that, with by the Chris way. Jericho and Mike Tyson? Like, I understand it's a business move, but, like, for the whole actual show, she's fantastic. Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho, I mean, you knew that was going to happen. So, because, I mean, it's completely mirrored to what happened with Tyson and Austin, Tyson and Austin, Tyson and Austin, that deal. So, Britt Baker, for probably the final time in a little while, is my wrestler of the week for gimmicks of the week. I mean, no one stood out on Raw for serious, for, you know, obvious reasons. So, Apollo? That's Monday Night Raw. Well, I mean, Apollo, yeah, I think I had him as the moment of the night on Monday. Paul was pretty good. Seamus and Brian were pretty good. I don't know what. Do you know what the dinging sound of my AirPods are? No, I don't even hear it. I think uh, you're going crazy. I do. No, well, I think it might be battery low. I haven't. It's they've been going off like that for a long Did time. Did it do that? Think... <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, that means they're dying. <laughs> what? All right, let's hurry up. So, Britt Baker, <laughs> Superstar of the Week, Wrestler of the Week, and you can't disagree with me. I guess I can't. I I just think you're a little biased on Britt Baker because, you know, it's pretty obvious. But I'm going to say my wrestler of the week, Drake Maverick, a major ab- Ooh, upset on NXT. He got to pin Jake Atlas and move into the finals for the Cruiserweight Championship. Just honestly, he's killing it right now with everything going on with him. It's just, it's really great. I'm really enjoying it. And uh, Drake, Superstar of the Week. There you have it. That was our review of Friday Night SmackDown for May 29. Flew through May. Absolutely flew by. Luckily, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I it sort of flew by. I'll, I'll give you that. So, I mean, it's just, it's the same. Th- it's the same stuff every day with the pandemic deal, so. We're starting to loosen up, thank God, finally. So hopefully we, everyone's staying healthy, of course. Washing those hands, wearing your face masks, following the rules, whatever it might be. But uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at J&J Wrestling Pod. Uh, lots of content on the way there. Be sure to follow us on Spotify. Listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, streaming platform there. Uh, J&J Wrestling Podcast. I have some great episodes there, that's for sure. Be sure to listen in. And uh, Justin, uh, I searched up that guy, uh, Freight Train. Boy, oh boy, what a character, that's for sure. Dude, Freight Train. Do you have anything else to say? 
Uh, I actually do, but really quick. Freight Train, absolute money. I'm going to have to give you my high spots login, but man, you have to watch his matches. They are like Hulk Hogan and Andre, like iconic type matches. It's just amazing. Really quickly, uh, as of this recording, it's Friday, and you know what that means, Jaworski? It is a, a follower of the podcast's birthday. You know whose birthday it is today? Steve Carino, our favorite uh, NXT pro. Uh, happy birthday to Steve Carino. A follower of the podcast. Quick shout out to uh, Steve Carino right there. But now, all I got to say is it's choo-choo time. There you go. I still didn't actually hear him say that, but he oh, said some God. pretty... He, well, you sent the link you sent me didn't have that in it. I'm going to have to look it up tonight. But uh, he, he's cut some serious promos, I will say that. Very intense. Very, very intense. They're just, they're terrific. I can't name a better promo than Freight Train, in all honesty. He sure does have his way with words. But uh, that's, for, <laughs> that's it for us. We will see you on Tuesday for our review of Monday Night Raw. And, of course, our wild card segment on Tuesday. See you then. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wash those hands. Bye-bye. See you later.